Hi, it's Kayla, and welcome to the Your Girl Trying to Make It podcast. I co-host this podcast with three other Gen Z girls of color, and we discuss our journeys through college and post-college, navigating the crazy modern world. Here, we share our honest, authentic conversations about our lives and experiences. I love these girls, and I know you're going to love them as much as I do. We hope that you'll enjoy the rest of the episode, because we're all trying to make it out here. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Young Fan Girls with me, Sue Wern. And me, Sanji. And today, we are talking about beauty standards in K-pop, K-dramas, and anime. Um, this is one of the topics that we've been wanting to talk about for a while now. So, Sanji and I are really excited. And um, to be completely honest, this is very unscripted. We're just going to kind of have a conversation because I don't think we've had this type of conversation right yeah I don't think we've ever I think we've hinted at it you know when we've had like moments where we're talking about certain k-dramas and stuff but yeah this is something that I've always wanted to have like an in-depth like in-depth discussion with someone with um because I think there's just a lot to unpack yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's so much to unpack here, and mm-hmm. um, I guess the best way to get started is, like, when was the first time you got introduced or noticed what kind of beauty standards there were in, like, the type of um, media you were consuming? Mm-hmm. I think for you, it was through manga, right? Or web mm-hmm. webtoons. Yeah, th- it was through anime. So, like, if you've listened to, like, the first, like, you know, couple of episodes of your fangirls, Mm -hmm. um, I mentioned, like, my anime obsession ever since I was very uh, young, um, and that's, that's how I first was kind of introduced to, like, you know, like, any K-pop, K-drama, any of that. It was, um, it was all pretty much anime, manga, um, you know, Japanese kind of subculture related, uh, right up until I would say high school. So when I was young, you know, my first anime was Sailor Moon, (laughs) which is, you know, brilliant classic anime, but has a lot of, you know, not necessarily politically correct type of, you know, views in, in terms of the way that they kind of portray um, certain characters or even like just some of the things that they say. Correct. Like, do you mean like, the terminology they use can be offensive, or, like, what do you mean? Well, like, okay, so let's take the main character, like, Serena. Mm -hmm. So I watched it in English dub, and, like, in the dub version, her name was Serena, but in the original (laughs) Japanese version, her name is Usagi, which means rabbit, because she's a moon princess. But anyway, like, her, Serena is supposed to be like this really like ditzy like clumsy you know high school girl mm. she suddenly got like magic powers and it turns out that she um is like the sailor scout which is like mm-hmm. this you know this person of um you know importance and blah 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 so every you know she has she's she goes through development throughout the series but like like, okay, first of all, let's take the costumes of the Sailor Scouts. Like, they're wearing, like, skirts. And, like, like um, not just skirts, but mini skirts. And their legs are, like, for miles. There's just um, very elongated, like, 
and very unrealistic proportions when looking at like how the Sailor Scouts uh, like uniforms and stuff like look like. And also this kid is like in middle school, like, but she has the body of an adult woman, mm -hmm. like, come on. Uh, it was just, um, and not to mention, she's like a blonde, blue eyed girl. And I think that's just, this is like, when I first started watching Sailor Moon, I didn't think about the costumes. Uh, I didn't think about what the, un, uh, you know, unrealistic body proportions meant. I didn't think about the fact that Serena was a blonde, blue-eyed girl. I was just like, wow, this is a great show. I really liked it. It was funny. It was kind of stupid at some points, but you know, the romance was, it was like, entertaining and like mm -hmm. it was sparkly. Yeah, and it's, it's it, when you're a kid, you can't really, you don't really think of that. You're just like, oh, you're just watching whatever is interesting to you. Mm -hmm. I guess like I was curious what you meant by like offensive, but I guess like it's more like um, like not representative of like the the regular people mm -hmm. and um, yeah. No, there's just like some lines. What what I meant by offensive was there. There's just like some lines and like some, you know, episodes like witty comeback, uh, comebacks that are just like no. straight up offensive um, like to several type like, of people. Yeah. yeah, there was like this one episode about like weight loss and how like a woman needs to lose weight in order to be beautiful, and oh. I I don't remember the exact like message of the episode but the sheer fact that like yeah it was just like okay blah, blah blah I don't there there might have been like you know hidden meanings like hidden commentary or whatever but you know it's and that is something I see a lot even like the k-dramas I watch now I think I've told mm -hmm. Sandy this too that I feel like um even in a lot of the content that I watch now like I really really like spy movies I really really like superhero movies well, a lot of times you see kind of how women are so objectified in the way that they are portrayed and like the script that they have to kind of follow and the, in like the g different gaze and all that. And how I'm relating this to K-drama is, is that um, there's still so many jokes that they use being like, oh, she's like really heavy or like, oh, she's so beautiful and like, oh, she lost weight or oh, she lost too much weight. And then, oh, her skin is like, so dark you know like it's it's all through the those beauty standards that they kind of put like they just follow those standards of beauty that is kind of very not just unattainable unattainable is one of them it's like also the uninclusive like you have to be pale you have to be like this white and like this small and like way this much and I think, like, K-dramas have just kind of continued that. And it's so funny because we literally watched, um, we literally um, talked about True Beauty this past mm -hmm. um, podcast episode, which was what, which was how we thought of discussing this topic for this episode because we felt like it's such a prevalent thing and not just, like, K-dramas, but a lot of the culture and media content that we also consume. And it's really funny because I feel like, I've, I've described this to my friends before as, like, a moral dilemma where I'm like, I don't necessarily agree with them having all these really strong beauty standards that are can have such a negative impact on not just how um, individuals and women and girls um, view themselves, but also as, as a society, like, mm -hmm. it's not okay to um, uh, force someone to not eat <laughs> because of their weight 
or it's not healthy to do those things. And it's also like very, um, is the word colorist or is it like for like complexion? Yeah. 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 I think colorist is, mm. is one of the terms used. Yeah. yeah. That, that uh, when people are categorized by the shade of their, their skin and how dark they are. And yet we still enjoy a lot of these key dramas. And so I feel like it's an interesting topic because, I mean, part of why I love why I'm talking about this and having a podcast is about this is because we feel like you can still criticize and you can still share opinions and share your thoughts, whether you agree or disagree or however you feel about it. And you can still like the content and like, like how it's produced and like the characters and all that. And a very important part of this is to kind of normalize that it's not, um, that's not the one and only form of beauty that's not the only um goal of what you what beauty looks like and uh that's something that i and i personally am hoping that will change in the coming years and obviously there's so much change around this especially in like the western world you see a lot of mm-hmm. different models and um different main characters being portrayed with different um characteristics and appearances but i think something that hasn't changed a lot is in the K-pop or K-drama industry, um, where I feel like it's very, very, very conservative still, and I am not sure how it will change. Mm-hmm. Girl, I think um, something I wanted to talk about was um, since True Beauty did spawn yeah. this type <laughs> of episode, I did want to discuss like True Beauty standards, um, mm. True Beauty beauty standards. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna share a story. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I really liked you know True Beauty the K drama. Um, if you want to know how much I liked it, like please listen to the <laughs> to the previous episode where we talked please about. Plug. Listen to the yeah. previous episode. Yes, listen, rate, leave a review, whatever. But um, I as I was watching the show, I had a couple of friends who were watching it along with me. Mm-hmm. You know, as episodes were coming out. And, um, I, you know, got, I usually have like calls with my friends now that we can't see each other, you know, in person because of COVID. And I was, you know, talking to my friend and, you know, True Beauty, you know, came up naturally and, she, uh, and my friend was like, Hey, so I, I started watching this show and I'm like low key offended by, uh, Lim Ji Young's like transformation. Because of Cause because um my friend was like so because she took off her glasses and she's you know like has like clearer skin she's beautiful Mm. like so this show is equating like people with you know not clear skin and people who wear glasses is ugly Mm -hmm. like that was that was the message that she you know took from this very first like couple of episodes when the main character, quote unquote, transformed with, uh, w- uh, in terms of her appearance from someone who wore like, you know, like thick glasses and had like, you know, acne prone skin to someone who covered mm-hmm. all of that up with makeup yep. and, you know, contacts. And I was, I was like, I was kind of, after my friend said this, I was like, wait, you are right. right. You are so like, right. What? Like, how did I miss this? Like, I'm someone who wears glasses, and I mean, like, I yeah. I have breakouts on my skin too. Like, I'm like, what are they calling me ugly? 
Mm -hmm. like what what is what is going on how did i not catch what is the message behind that like even if Mm -hmm. they don't say outright they're like oh you're ugly because of your acne it's the in like it's just the message that they're showing from the movie is the show itself and we've seen this time and time again we've seen like the princess diaries Mm -hmm. this with um so many other movies as well and all mainly with like female leads where they are the ones going through that transformation of becoming quote-unquote ugly to quote-unquote mm. beautiful with like a very uh, like a outward transition of taking off her glasses putting on contacts and wearing a dress wearing, going from pants to a dress more, you know quote-unquote like feminine, feminine quote unquote. yeah longer hair or whatever it is and straighter hair no curls small, yeah. no curls remember uh, thank you for bringing up the Princess Diaries. Really? That that transformation scene, they like straightened her oh. hair out from like thick curls. Yep. Just, is- I don't know how to... Yeah, I feel like this... I mean, obviously, we started this podcast being like, okay, we're going to talk about like K-drama anyway. And then mm-hmm. we're like, but it's such a big trend, not just within that you know scheme of culture, like not just um, that kind of culture itself, but in a lot of... It's across the world and... Um, so much to unpack, but like, mm-hmm. yeah. What did you, how did you respond to her? <laughs> Why you were like, yes, and now we need to make a podcast about it. <laughs> no, no, no. So at the time, like, I was just like, um, like obviously it blew my mind, but I was thinking more in terms of like the plot development. Like the these the the screenwriters want to show like her before, like without makeup, and then after makeup, and then the appearance needs to be kind of drastic to show that like to make it quote unquote believable that Mm -hmm. she was uh, to make her transformation quote unquote more uh, believable. So I said the reason why they, you know, put on, it's not, um, maybe they're not calling like the glasses and the clear, uh, you know, acne prone skin ugly, but more, they just want to make like, um, uh, that that's just so that the transformation to when she is with makeup is, uh, is like more stark or like more believable that mm-hmm. you know someone would go from you know being ostracized by her peers to you know complete being thought of like a K-pop idol basically you know mm-hmm. type. But even then, like I think after I you know gave this explanation to my friend and we moved on to other topics like I ended the call and I was still thinking about it and I was like yeah sure they're they might they're doing this uh part of the reason why they might do this is to make the transformation seem so much more believable but does that really excuse the fact that they used glasses and acne skin to um equate the message of you know this is what clear skin and no glasses is what's beautiful and glasses and unclear skin is what isn't beautiful i don't i don't think like the the ends justify like the means mm-hmm. you get what i'm yeah trying to say yeah i think um if we're talking about ways to maybe improve like the type like quote-unquote beauty standards i think one of the biggest ways is having an honest conversation about it so um i'm a huge fan of of jesse um jesse k-pop artist you know yes signed with size new you know uh, entertainment 
company, blah, blah, blah. I love Jesse. Jesse, if you listen to this show, I just want you to know how much I love you. You love me, Jesse. Please never stop being you. But anyway, um, if you don't know who she is, highly encourage uh y'all uh the audience y'all listening to look her up because she's somewhat of a very distinct anomaly from what is considered beautiful by Korean standards Mm. like um you know she she's has like darker skin um I've never seen like before I was introduced to Jesse Mm -hmm. I like the 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 darkest shade of uh of skin color that I've ever seen on a k-pop artist is like pale pale like paper white pale like that, that was the only you know, like skin color I've, I've seen. Mm. And then, and then Jesse came around and I was like, she has darker skin. Mm. Oh my God. And it wasn't like, I, I'm not trying to say that, like, um, it was what I'm trying to say is that like, just the fact that yeah. she is a visibly like popular, really, really, really highly popular K-pop artist, variety show person mm-hmm. who has darker skin and is very like outspoken in terms of how she thinks and how she behaves was like a shining like light that's why representation matters Mm -hmm. like seeing people who are who look different who are Mm -hmm. different and who have different personalities different quirks different appearances matters and her alongside i think also like um sisters hyolin um uh they're they're all known to not look like the typical k-pop idol who has like a 20 inch waist and like Mm -hmm. uh, yeah like paper white skin and they also are known to just kind of embrace it in a very kind of badass way honestly Mm -hmm. like not just saying because I know also Jesse has had like plastic surgery and she's always been outspoken about it as well like she's always been transparent about like Mm-hmm. Um, loving herself and loving the way she looks and doing it for her and I think that's so important especially when you may live in a world well not may I think a lot of we all kind of live on this earth right now but live in a world where a lot of people are very critical on appearances and people just kind of tend to judge within like two seconds mm-hmm. and I think that's a huge message that Jesse puts out that I really love is just kind of even if you know you know, the circumstances you're in right now, you may not like it. You also have the power to change it to what makes you feel good and do what makes you happy in the end, at the end of the day. So even if, like, for her, she, like, did her, all her things and, like, she was like, yeah, I'm happy with the decisions I made and I really love how I look right now and I love how I feel about myself and it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what other people say. Um, however, a lot of times when you are still, like, a trainee in a company, there's a lot of things that they do when you, you're like being. I mean, obviously, to disclaim it, that I've never been a trainee. I've never worked in one of those entertainment companies, so I obviously cannot speak directly to those type of points. But just from what I can read from the internet, you'd see like um, reports of these idols and these singers and these public figures having to um, fit for, to these standards, like weighing a certain amount or like weighing themselves each month because. Of that's the restrictions that they have and like diet restrictions and all these different things like um, making sure that they uh, look a certain way at all these times and it's really tough because 
I understand that they have to kind of maintain a certain image because their image as an idol is so fragile. It can be broken, broken in that mm-hmm. two seconds. So, but it's like, what is that image supposed to look like? It is it going to change in this couple of years? Is it still going to be the same type of really petite, um, same looking like standards? Or are we changing the standards to be however it is that you want to go to? But also, <laughs> these standards also reflect like the culture around us, like the people and their demands and what they like. So I don't think it's not just like the companies to blame for setting these standards. It's also the people who are, you know, judgy and fatphobic and like, you know, calling all these like all these horrible names to people who don't fit in what their template of a really beautiful or perfect person looks like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder after all. Like just because one person, what one person thinks is beautiful is not what somebody else thinks is beautiful. And Mm -hmm. that that's why I've never like really understood like societal beauty standards um, is because like, you know, everyone has a different opinion on what they believe to be beautiful and just categorizing that into like one type of person like um just trying to fit um every trying to guesstimate what everyone's opinion is on what beautiful is and then making that a societal standard is is really ridiculous like it's it's an exercise in futility because in the end like every single person has different tastes Mm-hmm. And something um, something that I don't think we really, like, explain to our audience okay. um, is how the K-pop, you know, industry works in terms mm-hmm. of, like, idols and oh, how they get I into know. it and, like, like what, what are these beauty standards? Why is this company enforcing, you know, yeah. private deals, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But um, basically how it works, uh, according to my knowledge, Suwer, and please interject. If yeah, I'm we wrong. definitely, I, yeah, the disclaimer covers both of us, so go ahead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, basically, um, idols don't just, like, debut as idols, like, right then and there. They have to, um, they're employed by entertainment, Korean entertainment companies as, quote-unquote, trainees where they receive training on, um, you know, dancing, singing, um, all, all of the things a, an idol, quote-unquote, should know how to do. And uh, one of those things is how to kind of maintain a certain image. And since these entertainment companies' is biggest, you know, their biggest concern is increasing shareholder value, quote-unquote, you know, they, they, wanna, they want to make money. They're a company. Yeah. So obviously they're going to um, try to uh, produce, quote unquote, like what the 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 public wants yes. as an idol. Yeah. So um, you know they're very uh, strict about what type of look or behavior or you know, quote unquote, like um, your even your weight. You know, it doesn't matter if you're a, a man or a woman. Like there's very very strict like standards in terms of what you look like how you behave and what you can do as an idol something that uh really shook me i didn't know this until maybe like 
uh, last year or so, I didn't realize that entertainment companies and like even not just entertainment companies, but idols like like K-pop idols in general, I didn't realize that they were like like categorized by weight. Like I didn't think that was that was a thing that these these people like like looked at in terms of how suitable they are to be an idol. Oh. Um, I I remember um seeing like I think uh IU like she's a very famous you know artist but also actress yeah um, I saw an uh, an Instagram like clip of her like talking to um her fans and being like so somebody told me I gained weight and I was like girl you are literally like a stick and I see these uh I see these like actresses and you know actors and K-pop idols like you know, doing diets and stuff. I'm like, what is there to diet? Like, you are literally skin and bones. Like, if you don't mm-hmm. eat, like, you're gonna pass out and die. Like, that's very. It's very worrying sometimes because you also can mm-hmm. see the pictures that they post and how they change over time. And there's so many. I mean, I, I whoever listens to this, you can also look it up on YouTube. There's a lot of YouTube videos that show kind of like the compilation over the years of different idols and what their image looked like. Like some people gain weight, some faces change a little bit because of plastic surgery or like different things like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm curious, you mentioned earlier like categorization of weight. What do you mean by that? I didn't realize like that was a criteria that these idols need to kind of uphold to. Like I, I uh, by that I mean like um, if you if uh, if you're not like a certain weight, you can't debut. Oh. Or like if you're not restrict like weight guidelines right right restrict i thought it was more about like how skinny they looked mm-hmm. not really like what their the weight was say. yeah not what the numbers yeah, I, say i just thought it was about appearance and I, not I not about like a physical appearance. number yeah yeah well that doesn't that brings into a lot of different things too because like you no human being is like okay you will look perfect at exactly 52 kilograms like how do you know like what it doesn't sound like it's too human bodies don't just work like that people have different makeups of how their body is and like Mm -hmm. you know different bone density like there's so many things to consider how can you say like you know exactly this way you're gonna be perfect so that to me i feel like that biologically just doesn't that doesn't make sense like I know, mm-hmm. so 53 is beautiful, but 54 is not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, right? It's just literally, like, one pound. I don't I don't understand. And I think, um, I think when I was a kid, like, going back to uh, how this episode started, like, mm-hmm. I didn't really think about what, you know, when I watched Sailor Moon, I didn't really think about, oh, like, um, you know, will I never be able to, you know, do, be, like, a really strong, you know, woman if I don't have blonde hair or blue eyes or, like, I guess, um, you know, Serena in Sailor Moon is considered beautiful because she has blonde hair and blue eyes, but I don't, so therefore I'm not, and none of the anime characters that I saw ever had any dark skin, but I have dark skin, so I guess I'll never, like, see my uh, any character that looks like myself in an anime like I never thought of any of those things when I was young I was just like oh this is a great show I like yeah. it like, blah, blah, blah. but now um but I think once like puberty hit and I was 
you know, becoming more self-conscious about myself and how others perceive me. Like, I, I was really, like, insecure about my skin color. Mm. And especially, you know, like, when I was in elementary school, I went to, the school I went to was, like, basically, like, all, like, you know, very light skin tones Mm. in my grade. And I was, like, one of the only kids with, like, darker skin tones. And I was very, very self-conscious about that. And I didn't think of this at the time, but it's not like my parents, like, told me, like, my dark skin looked bad. No, they never said anything like that. But I internalized everything I saw in anime Mm -hmm. and I and I thought to myself wow like uh on top of that like everyone else around me had light skin so I saw myself oh my god like I'm not like these people and not only that like I'm not like the people that I see in like anime or whatever so therefore I must be uglier like my skin is just looks gross or things like that I think I was on this panel recently that I, I heard Oh, not on this. I was listening to a panel recently that was talking about, like, sometimes it's kind of weird, but if you cannot, if you don't see it, you kind of cannot even imagine yourself doing that as well. Like, sometimes you cannot, like, uh, even when we think of new ideas, we usually get inspiration from somewhere else. And especially when you're, as a kid, like, you are absorbing everything, like, you're absorbing all the external stimulus, like a sponge. And then when you're getting older, that's when you start forming your own opinion, You that's when you start, like, having your own thoughts and 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 can internalize and think and kind of, you know, work all those thoughts through as you get older. But when you're younger, you're kind of just absorbing everything from the outside. And even when you do now, like you go out and see things. And so I feel like one of the biggest things that just needs to happen is just meeting a lot more different people and in in all kinds of really cool roles. Like it's not just having that one like at, at this point in time y'all may know that Disney came out with like it's coming out with Raya so I'm really excited yeah Raya the Last Dragon I saw it it was good oh my god I need to watch it um <laughs> and okay I can totally talk a lot about it because I'm Malaysian for all those who don't know and like Raya is very like Southeast Asian based which is like where I'm from so it's really cool but um it's like you cannot just do one Raya and then stop there like that's not what it means you can't just be like a one-stop thing it's like tick off the box and then done no that's not how it works for so so long like so many shows like you look at the Marilyn Monroe's of the world like how long have they been around to just kind of set that standard of beauty and how has that changed over time like you see a lot of more like mixed race people you see a lot of people who are not just like it's it's becoming a lot more socially acceptable to look very different and to have a lot of acne to like all like do all those things that in the past we thought were not okay but when you look at it now you're like how could they think it's not okay to look like that or how can they think it's not okay to be that Mm -hmm. like it's to us now we're like that is so ethically wrong how could they not do that and now because now we have the power to be like yeah like why why haven't people who don't look like that been included and use that to push and have them be in all these roles of like that's why now there's trying to be there's a lot more push towards more inclusive um standards of beauty mm-hmm. there's like so much room to go and i think like it's just 
sadly, I think something that will just take, have to take a lot of time to really feel like that representation is up there because it's it's been this is years of work. This is years of whatever it's been. And in a sad way, it's like there's, there's a lot to go. And I think, <laughs> and that's kind of my hypothesis on where mm-hmm. it needs to go from here. Although a big part of that is the demand and like the the social acceptance of people around us, not just younger people. The good thing is that younger people are getting older and then we're gonna basically like be the older people in the future who are producing and acting in all these things. So mm-hmm. I think the future is bright. But until then <laughs> hopefully I'm waiting for the next riot after that and like mm-hmm. I mean, I Seward is right. Like, we've made a lot of progress in terms of, like, what, you know, society deems as beautiful and what is not beautiful. Um, like, now the focus isn't you have to look like this in order to be beautiful. It's more of that, um, like, this is, this is all of the different types of beautiful. And, you know, I don't, I don't really like the emphasis on, like, beauty in general, cause, like, you're beautiful no matter what you yeah, look like. Not you know, like blah, blah, blah. beauty is only skin deep. Like once you die, like it's not like you can take your beauty with you to whatever <laughs> you it goes. Yeah, you can't just be like, here's here's my <laughs> beauty card. <laughs> you can't do that. So, I mean, I but at the same time, appearances really matter because humans in general, we're mm-hmm. a species that really heavily relies on eye on our eyesight. so and we're and because of that we really like aesthetically pleasing things and that's I think that's a really big reason why there's such a huge emphasis on beauty especially like beauty in women Mm. because we've been you know females have been uh, uh, objectified and kind of treated as a possession more of a person for a long time in human history now and totally um, so, we also discuss a lot more <laughs> like there's a lot right? to unpack there as well <laughs> right but because of this you know because of this objectification and being treated more like an object i think um beauty has become like just another you know part of the object that you tick off mm. like type of thing like you won't buy something you won't buy like like a table that isn't beautiful and isn't you know, fitting the aesthetic well, of your bedroom. Like, like you probably wouldn't buy a fruit that maybe looks like it has a few bumps here and there. You just get the perfectly shiny, waxy fruit. Mm-hmm. Fruit because that, in, you know, your appetite increases while looking at it because you're like, oh, this looks delicious. Like, yeah. I'm not saying that women are, are, are fruit or like, well, you know, objects, <laughs> but we're just trying to kind of rationalize why mm. society thinks about women and beauty in this manner. But I think, um, but, but as Warren's was saying, like, we've made a lot of progress from thinking of women as just as objects and having, you know, uh, having them being like, um, the fruit without any of the bumps to like women. Anymore. We're not fruits anymore. <laughs> we're not fruits anymore. We're, you know, we're, we're, um, we're, we're people we're- with human rights. And among those rights include life, liberty, and the pursuit of <laughs> happiness of not trying to be beautiful. Like, that's, you know, let's make We're that an amendment. Sponsored by Whole Foods or Kroger's made of food thing, <laughs> but um, happy to accept 
sponsorships like always but to end this episode there's a lot to unpack within beauty standards as a whole and although today we tried to discuss more on the anime k-pop k-drama side even in that there's a lot of different things that happen in those industries that we also may not even know as people who are not actively part of the industry or idols or anything of that sort and i think it's very important to still have these conversations and share your opinions and share your experiences and how you view the world and how you perceive these beauty standards to continue the conversation and continue um, breaking those stereotypes and um, standards for not just yourself, but for the other generations and the generations ahead of you and different people. Because as a, as a society, we have to be more accepting and more inclusive in the way that we perceive beauty and perceive um, women in this world. So, yeah. Yeah, the nice big picture to end off there, yeah. But um, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Please rate, leave a review, subscribe. Um, hit us up on Instagram at your girl trying to make it. Leave comments, DM us. Let us know what you think about this episode. If you have any suggestions for future content, we would love to hear what you have to say. And um, honestly, I'm really glad we had this episode today. This is something that I've always wanted to talk about. And I guess the next mm-hmm. episode should be like how women have been blah, 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 no, um, treated throughout society. Blah, blah, blah. Women as fruits. Women as fruits. Are we bumpy or are we perfect? <laughs> what, are we or is there bumpy? an in-between? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Yay. Yeah, thank mm-hmm. you. And we'll see you in our next episode. So this was Your Fangirls with Sue Wern. And Sanji. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.